Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to episode number 182 of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fair Service, and yes, we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, September is upon us. The rosters have expanded and exploded, and there's just so many people in the bullpen and on the bench. Uh, it is true garbage time for a not very good team, uh, but at least there is solace on the horizon. Uh, number one prospect in baseball, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, he is going to Arizona, and I can't tell you how excited I am for that. Um, but no, that's uh, Vlad. The state of Vlad is the number one story for the Blue Jays right now. So I think we should uh, we should waste no more moments on it, on on anything else other than uh, complaining about the collective bargaining agreement, because that is what people who listen to podcasts want to hear about. Uh, so to join me, the number one, the collective bargaining agreement expert, a lawyer, and a fine lawyer at that. Uh, uh, you know him as Old Reliable. Uh, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Uh, let me be blunt. Is there a <laughs> labor crisis in America today? Uh, there's one on the way, hopefully. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I'm fine, I, by the way. You're fine. You're fine. I know. And I, I always you do do that, and I always forget what that reference is from. <laughs> That is, of course, crusty when Bart. Uh, oh, when, serious. When Bart's in the, he's broken his uh, his arm or leg or whichever it is, and he's mm. just like <laughs> before he writes his uh, his play. Um, the kids love the Simpsons references. You know, you know what I realized that because I don't have cable, it's been a very long time since I watched a full episode of The Simpsons from front to back, new or old. Uh, I would not recommend doing new. Well, I've already ranted about uh, Disenchanted or whatever piece of shit that was. You did do that. Yeah. Uh, not off base. As I understand it. No, even no. Jonah did, even Jonah didn't like it. That's a bad sign. It's a man, that's a man who voluntarily <coughs> saw the Counting Crows. So yeah, that is, that is a bad sign. He's, not, he's too young to have gone to see the Counting Crows. That's the worst part. There's not even any nostalgia there. You know, there he was he predate, He's too young for that. He was not the shitty, aware. The shitty thing about that is, is that it's like uh, earlier this summer in, uh, in Peterborough, uh, a flock of seagulls played a show. And I went and thought it was delightful. And I'm sure there are people who are as much older than me than I, as I am of Jonah who are probably thinking... What do you listen to that fucking shit for? <laughs> like you have no idea. Like, like, oh, that's trash. I don't think that you. They are off uh, base in asking that. Of course, we're talking about Jonah Beerenbaum, <laughs> uh, who is uh, my friend and 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 your friend too, former colleague of ours. He's a host of the Expand the Zone podcast uh, at the Score. Yeah, doing so, content uh, so over there nowadays. That's that's nice to see. I mean, that's a sharp move on their part. I think somebody. You can't uh, you can't fault it. You can't fault the uh, <laughs> technique. Uh, also, big news, big Jonas news. He hit the uh, the only triple this season in the Toronto Men's Baseball League um, uh, on the weekend, and it was amazing. Uh, we played a very small ballpark, and you, doubles enough doubles are, are tough enough to come by. Jonah managed a triple because a guy sort of lunged for a ball, a fly ball in left field, and there were some shadows in the field, <laughs> uh, and he missed it. Well, and then when he got up, shadows. he ran the opposite direction away from the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> The fucking shadows, you know. You watch, you oh, watch this sport long enough, and you you know the shadows will just fucking mess with you. They wreak havoc. They absolutely <laughs> wreak havoc on the game. Uh, but yeah, no, Jonah, Jonah had a triple. I, unsurprisingly, 
had zero hits in that game. Uh, I'm starting to think I just don't have the old bat speed anymore. But anyway, uh, speaking of bat speed, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has it in spades. He's got it all. Uh, his season is now over. And while some of his Buffalo teammates, many of his Buffalo teammates, half his Buffalo teammates, it feels like, have made their way to Toronto to join the Blue Jays to get some big league checks, to uh, destroy the big league spread, and to uh, stay in some big league hotels and maybe even get some big league at-bats, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is not one of them. To no, to the surprise of none, realistically. Uh, to the chagrin of many, but to the surprise of none. Mm-hmm. So then Mark Shapiro made an appearance on MLB Network Radio this week, and he insisted, he swore up and down. This was not a business decision. This is a baseball decision, um, which is to say that Mark Shapiro went on the radio and fucking lied uh, because it's only a business decision. Right? Come on. Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, interesting angle of the business decision, though. Uh, here I am. I'm going to... Uh, do the Blue Jays' job of PR for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real reason, maybe this isn't, you know, maybe you don't avoid a grievance by making this case, but the real reason is, uh, the real, real reason they're not going to call him up is they're going to have a 40-man roster crunch. They've been accumulating a lot of talent. Vlad is not going to be eligible for the Rule 5 draft, and it would be negligent of them to put him on the 40-man when they don't have to, because they're going to need those spots, because they're going to have to get rid of uh, a decent player or expose decent players to the Rule Five draft, uh, because they won't, you know, they'll have more than forty players that they would like to protect. So the fact that Vlad can't be selected there uh, means that it would just be reckless and negligent if they put him on the forty man. That's their case. Come on, guys. Get it together. Stop Stop lying to us. The lying thing, people tell on themselves when they get pissed off about the lying thing because it's the job. You know? I mean, like, when you don't lie, you get J.P. Ricciardi being like, well, Adam Dunn doesn't even fucking like baseball. Or you get, you know, <laughs> you, or, or you expose yourself. You, they're, they're, you know, they're bluffing agents. They're bluffing other teams. They, they are careful with what they say in the media. That is the job. You know, the, the the president and CEO of Coca-Cola isn't like, why are you drinking this shit? <laughs> you know, like, like the, the job. Yeah, we stole this water from <laughs> India. What are you going to do? Like, I mean, that, I, and, and what bugs me sometimes about it uh, is is when people, <laughs> when fans are like, well, no, I just wish I, I wish they lied to me better. I, I, I know what they're doing, but I wish they were doing it a little better. It, it's... You know, but if you if you understand the game that they're playing, then I don't know. My my suggestion would be to fuck off. I think. I think that the lying is galling. Uh, <laughs> for you know, it's it's okay to be up off put off by the lying, but no, it's not. It's no fuck off. The, no, the lying's fine. We're fine. We know what the lying's about. But. <laughs> But at the same time, that doesn't make it right, and and I don't, and and then this is I, I wrote about this this mm-hmm. week, and and I got a lot of very smart people, very, very the sports knowers and the collective bargaining understanders coming out in droves, oh. being like, "Well, it's don't you understand asset management, Drew? What are you, some kind of an idiot?" <laughs> um, and the answer to that is, I don't need to, I don't have to accept it. 
And I can feel as though the collective bar- bargaining agreement, which the players signed off on, um, does a bad job of of managing and and uh, accounting for these kinds of outliers. I mean, it's one thing when when well, number one is it's become a all too common practice, and it's the scale for for whom. Uh, service time manipulation should apply has slid so far down it's to be farce. There are Royals fans wondering about uh, Adalberto uh, Mondesi, Raul Mondesi Jr., he used to be known as, being like, oh, well, why do they call him up now? What about his service time? It's like, he fucking sucks. Like, why are you trying to manipulate service time of terrible players? They think people talk about Devin Travis a few times, like, well, if he's this off this long, get an extra year, and it's like this. No, that's not applicable all the time. But at the same time, <laughs> yes. when a player plays so well, he does all that you could ever ask of him. How can you not reward him with promotion? Uh, the I, the thing I I keep getting going back and forth about is the extra year. The extra year. It's like this is a year too. If they called him up in July or when he was healthy or whatever, I don't know. It's really frustrating uh, because because they are playing a game. Right, they're manipulating. They're taking. They're stealing, and that was the word that Shai Davidi used. Um, so, an update to this. So, um, after Shapiro's comments and the bit of the outrage, and, and people wrote things about it, and, and people had feelings, and other people showed themselves to be to be very smart, keen uh, negotiators. The Players Association has been like, "We're watching the situation because it's garbage," and which is great. Doesn't mean nothing's going to happen from it, unfortunately. Well, the Players Association, how big of them to uh, to step in and make their voices heard in a situation where it's, you know, this is a, a player who is perhaps going to hit free agency. You know, if, the, if, if should a grievance be filed and won by the player, uh, maybe he gets, you know, gets to free agency at like 25 or 26, right? Like, oh, so he, you know, he's, a go- he's going to be the rising tide lifting all the boats, right? I mean, so how very big of them to step in on this issue as opposed to say, the guys who are fucking, you know, working as valets in the off season and eating craft dinner all year because they get paid fucking shit for playing in minor league teams. You know, if, you, if the Players Association cares about minor leaguers, uh, they would say things, you know, about other things, too, that they've chosen this situation to uh, to really fucking. They would say things at the, at their like the bargaining yeah, table. Yeah, they, like, yeah. they don't they don't give a shit. They don't they only give a shit about it as much in as much as. You know, it's going to affect affect their future members. They don't, you know, they don't care about minor leaguers and in general. It's uh, which is, you know, like I say, how big of them, how very big of them to step up here. Uh, that being said, he should still be up. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, there is definitely a roster crunch in the forty man rosters set. But I mean, you you when you were carrying the water as you are do. Yes. Um, as uh, Mark Shapiro's alter ego, you yourself were there on MLB <laughs> Network Radio. Um, I, you know, I mean, but that's the, the thing is, I mean, it's you're not, you're not supposed to be holding these guys down for uh, pecuniary reasons or whatever the fuck. I may mm-hmm. be completely misusing that term since I had never heard it until I read that uh, Cheryl Ring piece and Fangraphs a couple <laughs> weeks ago. But you know, you know the, the the spirit of the CBA is that these guys are going to get called up on merit, and obviously teams are manipulating that and not acting in good faith on that, and that's why it's potentially uh, you know something that could could uh, you know, subject to a grievance. Um, 
And so I think that the the forty man uh, argument probably you know fails in the same way the, that uh, that all the other ones do too. Because obviously Vlad should be up here, and it it is you know it's ridiculous to be like I'd had somebody tweet it very very clever because you know teams or fans do like to carry water for their team a bit, and and everybody's counting Rogers money. I had somebody be like, well you know. He's got to develop defensively. Probably better to do that away from the spotlight of the big leagues, right? Than you know, so have him in, do it in Arizona. And it's like, <laughs> email that to you know whoever the fuck is running the uh, uh, the PR department with the Jays right now, which we don't know because because uh, the uh, Sebastian Gattaca went away, which was uh, <laughs> which was celebrated in certain corners of the media, but. I don't know. I, I was it ever? What a good look that is, by the right? way. Right. Well, those those are people who you know, they they they're well. I don't want to put the I don't want to paint them all with the same brush, but uh, yeah, uh, telling on themselves a little bit about how mm. they how they feel or you know just the whole thing. But also, I you know maybe I am too because I he I had a I had a fine relationship with him. I'm not at the park uh, ever. I I don't feel that that's a great way to. Uh, to have a healthy perspective on, also, you know, I don't want to go. That's still that's still uh, Stenhouse, though, right? He's still the Stenhouse guy. Stenhouse is there, yeah, but uh, but Gattaca was was brought in to be like an extra layer of PR cover, who was kind of working with Shapiro, I think, more often. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I had emailed with him. He'd emailed me, you know, out of the blue to talk about, you know, to exchange things and to be like, hey, you were you're on the right track in this piece, or you weren't here, or you know, I don't know. I. But I, I am I am certainly not a spokesperson for that because they're the people that are there every day and it's their workspace and it's their workplace and they you know they had other thoughts about it and I will I will I will grant them you know they, obviously they can they can think what they want but uh, but yeah that's I don't know that that shit's weird to me too it just seems like people are getting miserable over there and why wouldn't you if you had to fucking sit in the press box arms folded watch this fucking team and then go write about whatever the fuck shit just happened it's like oh reese mcguire just de- debuted whoopty goddamn fuck I, I think that might be the only other well maybe not because of all that the, there are there is a roster uh, a 40 man roster crunch coming there are a lot of people who um, a lot of players who could potentially be on the move um, in that lot of middle infielders um, of the, you know, Ludwig Diaz and Devin Travis and others, uh, Griel and whoever else. Solar- like, there's Solarte a lot of, may not get his Solarte mainly. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, uh, but then it's like, okay, so is there are there at bats for Vlad Guerrero Jr. Even if he was here, uh, the answer to that <laughs> is, of course, you you fucking find them. Yeah, yeah, you find them. So in addition to that, so I guess the other part of that 40-man roster crunch is the, the minor league types, like the Harold Ramirez, I think, uh, is one of the names that of guys who might be, would have been exposed or would potentially could be exposed to the Rule 5 draft, which, God help you if you lose him. You can't lose Harold Ramirez. <laughs> that is That would be... Just piss poor asset management. Well, you know, and that's clearly you know what, what people. Ha- I saw a guy wearing an asset management Jays jersey walking down the street the other day. A real hero. Did did you really? No, I didn't oh, see that. Because that would be amazing. Because <laughs> and I wouldn't put it past <laughs> I wouldn't put it past somebody to do that. 
But no, uh, the thing about Ramirez is is that he's had a really nice year and he's still just 23 and he's, you know, it's like, it feels like it's his fucking fifth time through double A. So I don't know that he's that exciting a prospect. Um, quite interesting, actually, uh, here on Thursday, Keith Law had a chat. Uh, he has been more so than other services down on the Jays, called it, you know, laughable that the Jays are talking about having a top five farm system. He doesn't rank them in that, in that category. Uh, which, you know, Baseball America does. I think MLB Pipeline does or did, or, I, I, you know, uh, he seems to be a bit of an outlier on that, but, you know, not a not not somebody who uh, who doesn't know what he's Could talking he? about either, right? So, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to understand. It's hard to know what to really make of all this. Um, but I think your point is correct that... <laughs> Nobody should be shedding tears about Harold Ramirez potentially being picked up in the Rule 5, because also he probably wouldn't. Mm. Could you characterize, for me, what would you say that is Law's... Um, where does he differ from maybe the other? If, if, if Are you able to make that kind of a characterization? Is it that he thinks that a lot of the players... There's like two extremely high ceiling players, and there's a lot of really low ceiling players. Is that maybe? I don't know if he thinks where he's coming from. I don't know if it's low ceiling, but I mean, he certainly think has said that the farm system is top heavy, which obviously uh, mm-hmm. we all know. I think if memory serves, uh, you know, I think he val- he values things a little bit differently than uh, than other. You know, uh, like he had. Um, where he did not have Vlad at the top. He had uh, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. ahead of him for the first top mm-hmm. prospect. So, uh, you know, because he's factoring in defensive value. He, I think, uh, more than other sites or other sources or gurus or whatever, uh, I perhaps looks at closeness to the majors as uh, as a factor. Whereas, you know, beyond the Guerrero and Bichette thing, uh, beyond that tandem, the Jays have guys who are, are a little bit farther away. And maybe he's not bought in. Certainly not the way the Jays had on like Kevin Smith or or Jordan Groshans or or, or some of the guys who are lower there. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I, even, I honestly don't. Even know. Biggio, the Kevin Biggio, I feel like. I, yeah, I think he's um, probably a polarizing prospect too because he's a guy who was like an org guy, and you gotta you gotta believe that he's done something different. And if you you know don't hear, it reminds me of. Like, I feel like Law has a very specific view of the ballpark in. Uh, Manchester, Manchester. Yeah, and this is this is a he, this is an Eric Thames thing for you, isn't it? Yes, it is an Eric Thames <laughs> thing, absolutely, like one hundred percent. And and uh, yeah, here we are. Lo and behold, Eric Thames is a is a big league hitter. It didn't mean he took him going to Curie to, to get that way, but uh, uh, maybe Kevin Biggio, or Kevin Biggio, is that same. Yeah, guy. I really would like to know um, how to pronounce that. The thing about Law, I would say, that at this stage, is that he's sort of. You know, I, I I still read his stuff. I think I think he's excellent. You know, it's good to get those different perspectives. But it sometimes feels like when he's being different on things, it's like uh, it allows people to to take the, to create the narrative that they want to hear. It's like, oh, you know, La hates hates the Blue Jays always. He's so down on them. That's bullshit. He's you know, you know, Alex is Alex has got a great farm system. This is all trash. Or it's like, oh no, he's right. Shapiro and, and Atkins are fucking fools, and this is ridiculous. Mm. You know, I think it, it seems to me that this has been a thing that I've sort of been uh, ruminating on this week with the Donaldson talk and with the Guerrero talk and with a lot of the the Shapiro and Atkins stuff and that it, it just fits right into it. It's just how people 
seem real fucking determined to hear what they want to hear and believe what they want to believe. And, and, you know, that makes me probably sound like an asshole being like, no, you, you know, I like, I don't know. Nobody wants to be, to hear some idiot be like, no, I'm trying I'm, I'm like being objective about this and you're wrong. But, uh, you know, and maybe I do tend to be too kind to not just this front office, but I, I think literally every front office, because I think that it's very easy to, shit on them and it's very you know it's not as easy to look at the constraints and the logic that they you know are dealing with and the things you know and i i just have i have more sympathy for them than you know banging my fucking desk and being like i want to see the big results and and, and, but enough about me (laughs) uh but no i think it's I, i think that the law thing sort of folds into that a bit where people are, do, people are, people are just like the Donaldson thing. It's like people and, and what bugs me not to again, talk about certain, you know, reporting types, but it's like, it's easy to stoke that too, which bugs me a bit where it's like, you know, Oh, there's dysfunction everywhere. It's, this is dysfunctional. This it's like, well, you know, you mean dis- dysfunctional according to your fucking hack reading of it that is completely like driven by your pissy little fucking petty agenda like sure and and, you know people fucking eat it up a little more than i would than i would like i find that like my 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 tweets nobody you know people don't people don't want to hear snarky pushback against the idea that fucking shapiro and atkins might not be just like evil villains sent to fucking destroy everything good in this fucking city from a baseball perspective. It's like, sorry. It's just I would agree. True. And I, I, I think that uh, kind of captures the tone of the thing that I wrote this week about that Josh Donaldson. Yeah. And I, and I, I think that I, I would, I, I agree with you, which is makes for maybe bad podcast radio. But when you when it comes to the thing with, we we're just speaking about with Keith law and, and then when also what it applies to the front, the Blue Jays front office, it's like, what is informing their thinking? Because they're not idiots. They're not just making incredibly poor or rash decisions. Like when Keith Law says, uh, is is down on the Blue Jays system, and I, and I mentioned the thing about the ballpark in New Hampshire, that's informing his decision-making. He And it's he is not wrong. That, that is, a, with the river, that's a crazy place to hit for left-handed hitters. Um, so that for you know, that kind of information mm. informs the way he then views the system as a whole, especially if it's someone who's got a lot of prospect, uh, helium because they've had a big year at double a or whatever. And the same with the blue Jays front office, what is informing their decisions? Now, this is where you could maybe start to, to, to differ and see, you know, the way, the kind of decisions that the Blue Jays front office make. And and there is the bad, the baggage that comes from Cleveland and a bit of the reputation that, that a guy like uh, Shapiro comes with them, which is that they're like risk adverse to a fault and that they are, it's like safety first in a way that doesn't excite anybody, but also not, doesn't always drive the kind of results that fans want to see. Um, you know, the, the, the thing this week and the Donaldson thing in particular really drove it up. And mm-hmm. like, there's a, there's a vi- very strong, um, bi- bi- like as, in, as the thing that I wrote in my piece this week is like the team sucks. And for a lot of sports fans who are then inflamed by the types of 
tabloid style writers that we're talking about. Someone has to be blamed for that all the time. If the team is bad, it's someone's fault. And you could point it to the manager of the team, and there are lots of people that there are some people that do, fewer people than I think um, maybe would have happened 20 years ago. People don't blame John Gibbons because this Blue Jays team is bad, because this Blue Jays team is really bad. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Well, they, they, blame, but, they blame the people they already don't like, is what I feel happens a lot. Well, no, that's true. And so they've got it out. They, they've decided in that, that, that Shapiro and Atkins are, are bad. And all of the Cleveland bag, like the thing that makes me so angry, and that's the reason that I ended up writing that Donaldson thing that I wrote um, this week, is that the, the suggestion, like Steve fucking Simmons <laughs> asked him Who? in an Who? open press conference, like he said, why, like, what would you tell the fan who one is asking why, how you made this deal with Cleveland? As though the Blue Jays are dumping to, to Cleveland. They're giving things away because those, these two guys happened to work there before. That is such an incredibly asinine, childish, moronic question that I'm sure. <laughs> that, and it's not just him because I no. have... Oh, uh, oh, so you read Rosie's piece too. Oh, I did read that. But no, not Fuck. only that, but carpet I have baggers. a... I, carpet I have carpet baggers. Come on. Carpet baggers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I have a, a TSN app. I have a smart TV. And I have a TSN app. And they have like top stories of the day. Top story of the day that trade was the Donaldson got traded. And they used audio of Simmons asking that question in the lead story. So they used it on Sports Center. And then it was and then there it was, living a life beyond the the, the second it was hanging in the air. Which is so crazy to me that there's this this Giant, the, the people that believe that the Blue Jays are somehow like Atkins and Chapar are somehow sleeper agents for Cleveland, like they are they're going out of their way to make the to take to lose their own job at some point by making this team worse in in service of making Cleveland better. Like who is so stupid <laughs> as to believe that? It, and it's nobody. Right. And they, for me, for me, you know, along that line, it's like they talk about that. They talk about that that way. That's how they frame things. And then it's like, well, this front office, they have, they have a PR problem. And it's like, it's like chumming the water and being like, how do you answer for the shark problem? It's like, fuck, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. People are somehow not fucking connecting with these people. I can't imagine why. As you sit there and and call them fucking carpetbaggers, it's like, I mean, it's just, it, it it's it's very easy to accuse as our friend Steve has done me of, of being too soft on the team. But it's like, how fucking lazy is it to just be like, oh, they came from Cleveland, they traded this guy to Cleveland. Obviously, put two and two together. It's like how little respect do you have for the people who are reading the things that you write? Like, and that's you know, some of the some of these uh, media places have sort of devolved into you know just hate click houses because that's like the only way the you know being tabloids that's the only way that that anybody looks at fucking anything anymore. And I don't I don't doubt that that's driving it. And you know I, I don't you know. I don't know. I don't begrudge anyone having a fucking job, but it's just like that. that it to me, it's just so disrespectful to your audience. To you, just you're just 
assuming because uh, 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 I think that they know better and are just are just performing right I don't think that it's about like well, like intellectual curiosity and actual like good faith questioning about shit that is, like that is just that is just monkeying around they're just it's just fucking stupid I, it, I and and it, it bugs me to to sit at my fucking computer and be like okay I don't you know I don't want to I got to be careful to say what I really think because somebody might take it for being too soft or also that it's like, it's hard to properly criticize things because there are things that are worth criticizing that this front office has done. Absolutely. Very clearly. They just lost a shit ton of value on Josh Donaldson. But it's like, when you do that, you become part of this fucking toxic frothing fucking dumb shit soup and uh, who wants that and who wants to bring other people into that and try to get them on board that and what sucks when you know and I've, this has been the thing for years this is not a Shapiro Atkins thing this has been like forever it's just you know you tweet something negative about the Jays and you get fucking five times the retweets and the five times the engagement of when you say something that's you know hey maybe we shouldn't go off the deep end here and keep some perspective and I can understand why people maybe get sucked into that, but it's just like, it's, I don't know. It's fucking dumb. It's, it's, it, 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 it fucking poisons the conversation. The worst part for me is, is all those things you're saying are true, but the bad faith performance based, like I am asked like that, that they're playing character, right? That Simmons in particular is playing a character. Yeah, it's, This Except character wears that. fucking socks with sandals. The, except that in that instance, you know that there's that belief that I'm out here asking the tough question. I'm holding this management's feet to the fire, and then they'll they always love to do the same. In, in Boston and Philadelphia and New York, they there that media is real tough. They well, that's because so many of those people are the same kind of idiot asking these same kind of bad faith moronic. Easily answered by a person with a brain question. And that, to me, is just, like, the most upsetting thing. Like, ask them tough questions. Ask them what the fuck they're doing with the best prospect in baseball. Ask them what kind of bullshit is it about you talking about him needing to improve his base running and defense. You're going to go send him to Arizona to play in an exhibition tour with a bunch of, like, it's just the summer camp for these kids who have been worn out all summer long. If you want him to improve, put him in front of your, your big league instructors. Ask him about that. Don't just accept the, oh, well, and, and, the, and, and just accepting the, this is what smart teams do. They fuck this guy out of millions of dollars because they can. Ask them about that. This bullshit about, about Cleveland is so, so unbelievably, unbelievably stupid. And, and it's, it's so, uh, it's just so tired, right? It's just so, uh, yeah. and, 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 and you, Again, it, I think fans have a very selective memories well, I, also, I think, and, and that's think, one thing that I found this week. I think a lot Sorry, of, well, I just I was going to say, like, I think a lot of people who have found us, we're not talking about them, right? I mean, they... they no, no, but, of course. But there, it is, it is, it's a disturbingly high number of, of, of people, like, Jesus, read Shy's fucking replies, read fucking Blue Jays, at Blue Jays replies on shit. It's, there's a lot of fucking weird shit going on out there. We're, well, we're I've in this seen tiny this little corner here of it. 
so I, I wrote two pieces this week, which is unusual. But the, the first one I wrote was very much uh, was like a have some perspective. Think about what kind of actual trade value Josh Donaldson had. He's going to get maybe 50 plate appearances for, for Cleveland uh, because they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. And uh, for what? So what, what? who's paying what for that? I don't care how good you think he is because he's great. And he's smashing the shit out of minor league pitching right now. He's going to come to the plate 50 times. What kind of return is that? Well, it's no good return well, is what it is. I mean, it's a bullshit return. He, and so the Blue Jays had to kick money in to get something that they value because lo and behold, they used to work at Cleveland. So they have intimate knowledge of the, of the farm system. You fucking idiots. Um, but but and the, the thing that doesn't get said in that, I think is also, uh, you know, Ben Charrington's there. There's like three guys who used to work for the Red Sox. There's a team that was probably one of the few that was interested. Those guys know those prospects too. It's it, it like I, the, the idea that that's, it was some you know stupid special thing. It's like I don't know. That's that's an advantage. You're taking advantage of the fact mm-hmm. that you have this knowledge. Like you mm-hmm. think shitting on them for it is very dumb. But so in in that. I so I, I I don't know if it was a defense of the front office. I again, it was just trying to understand what would inform their decision making. Uh, the the Alex Anthopoulos defenders came out in on force, <laughs> swearing up and down that the Blue Jays were never as bad as they are now. Got one guy's like, I can't watch a game now, and I watched all those games. I'm like, they have the same winning percentage now as they did in 2012 and 2013, like almost to the percentage points. They're the same. They're just as bad now as they were then. And they don't want to believe that. They don't want to believe that the Blue Jays were middling at best until the middle of 2015. There was literally a year or like six months, not even, of a good Alex Anthopoulos team. Now, obviously, we all know that the 2015 Blue Jays were much better than that. And as soon as they pulled off that Josh Donaldson trade, the team was better than its record when they made the the big trades for Tulowitzki and David Price. And and we would all do those trades all over again. Mm -hmm. But... Re-remembering Alex Anthopoulos's tenure or, and, and conveniently leaving out those terrible seasons, which they, they made, they gambled. He gambled. And the Blue Jays front office right now gambled as well. They gambled on Donaldson. They gambled that they, would, they could do what the Orioles did with Manny Machado yep. and that he would come out and swing the bat like a stud and they'd get a nice return for him and there'd be a little bit of a, of a, of a bidding war going on. It didn't happen. And they're paying the price for it because they got... Not they got close to nothing because the, he's not going to be able to return that much value to the team that acquired him. But but then later then this week at the end of the week when I was going after them for the for the the Vlad thing, I get these this guy out of nowhere being like why is why is everyone going on about this now? Nobody ever never nobody ever got mad at Alex Anthopoulos when this was happening, and I was like, well, when would Alex Anthopoulos have gamed? the service time of a blue jay because <laughs> there weren't really there was like maybe brett laurie but they had legit questions that ended up being very legitimate considering his career arc and this guy insisted then he's like well yeah but look at Rob, ronald acuna i'm like yeah he did they did game his service time a little bit i guess but also he wasn't the general manager last september and also i don't care about the braves but this guy went on and on and on. Nobody ever accused Anthopoulos of this. No one ever got mad at him. Saint AA. Like, what the fuck? How could it be both? <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah, that is. 
it that part to me it's not that's not like infuriating it's more just like bizarre uh, like, uh, like talking to people who don't remember because guess what i fucking remember how hated anthopolis was because i was back then doing very similar things which was like well why don't instead of just knee-jerk hating something about this why don't we think through why they would do this and let's think about the process Mm -hmm. instead of just getting fucking you know shitting our pants about the fucking result and you know at this it was it was the same thing i was a grand defender of anthopolis uh and you know, and and now those these same people are you know now people are are have this bizarre conception of that era. I'm I'm that that you know I'm not saying don't like it. I I you know it was great at the very end, but please you you like you can't tell me that people weren't super pissed at how 2013 worked out after all those big trades. And then the other thing is people you get you you know you mentioned the 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 adversity to risk that the current front office has, which is I mm-hmm. you see it in a lot of ways and you see it in ways that, that they you know they have in their weird uh MBA kind of uh demeanor and uh, approach to things that other that you know fans don't necessarily have. For for example, in the Donaldson thing, I kept, you know, these last couple of weeks or this last week have been saying like, no, well, if you like, you have $18 million, you could, you could either like give it to this guy and it's 50, 50, whether he's healthy or not, or you could give it to four guys. And there's, there's the chance that you get zero increases quite a lot. And this is kind of how they think about it, right? If you spread the risk around, then the risk of getting nothing is greater, even though the risk of getting all the things is a little bit smaller and that's kind of, you know, that that's the equation they're playing around in. Uh, and I, you know, so I, I don't know how, I don't know if they're risk averse as much as they are, you know, they just, they just sort of think about it in a different way. But, but my point before was that people are like, I, you know, I just liked Anthopolis cause he'd just be bold. He'd take risks. It's like, yeah, he took, he took huge risks and it would like, it, the team was fucking terrible for two and a half years because of it. Like they fucking, they, they, do you remember Jose Reyes? That was a risk. Do you remember Josh Johnson? Like, like, yeah, risks, it's risks are cool when they pay off. Like it's great. And you're like a swashbuckling trading, you know, silent ninja, ninja right? Trading yeah. Ninja. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, you know, there were times it didn't work. And can we just please acknowledge these realities as opposed to like building him up? Like, you know, he was no John McCain. The, now that's it. Now uh, there's a, there's the, a statesman who never fucking never, you know, never fucking made a, made a misstep. It, <laughs> it, 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 it I, well, you're not wrong in that it extends beyond baseball. In, in that if someone kind of has their mind made up, they will go out of their way to redirect the disappointment and dislike and ha- or hatred or whatever it is to what they deem to be an acceptable receptacle for those feelings. The Alexanthopoulos was largely bulletproof, even though the team was very bad for, for two full years. I, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. I don't even know if he was bulletproof. Honestly, I think that there was a, well, there were a lot no, of people but, who did not like him for a very long time who have very much forgotten it. But 
the one trade in particular, who wear who wears the Noah Syndergaard trade and who wore it the entire time? Mm-hmm. It wasn't Anthopoulos. It was Dickey. Mm-hmm. R.A. Dickey was the reason that trade was bad. He was the guy that people hated. He was the guy people were disappointed in his entire time here in Toronto. Until kind of at the end when he was like, oh, it's endearing. And even though he was, he got so much worse. But R.A. Dickey, R.A. Dickey, his first start was bad. And that was it. There was no coming back. <laughs> For a lot but that people, whole trade. Yeah. People, people hate the Noah Syndergaard trade. And if you say, what's the one trade you wish you could do back? It's always that one. But it doesn't stick to Anthopolis. It sticks to Dickey. And the, the Marlins trade is sort of just kind of like a meh because they didn't lose anything right. other than the prospect right. capital of like all those different players that they ended up giving up. But it, the, the cost is, is, is less other than the money, and they did get Burley out of the deal. So that sort of wins it over, right? Burley is the, is the, is the sort of champion. And that, the fact that they made a mess of that team doesn't really stick to Anthopolis. It sticks to somebody else. And and right now, the state... And this is the thing that I... We don't necessarily need to talk about right now, but the 2018 Blue Jays are... are They have an above-average offense, right? Defensively, they're not great. Uh, one of the worst base running... The worst base running team, I think we talked about this last week, ever, uh, uh, by yeah, one metric yeah. from in, in franchise history. If you want to blame two people for the fate of the 2018 and to a lesser extent, 2017 Blue Jays. Um, the two people that you need to blame, and I'm using quotes here, blame, uh, are Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez. They're the reason the team is bad because they've been hurt and ineffective when healthy for almost two years. I mean, Sanchez, yes, Stroman, no. But in this, this year in particular, like that's a you can't, when you have these two guys who are mid-rotation, number two at best, you know, number four kind of... Uh, if everything doesn't go so hot um, for them to be <laughs> yeah. like basically replacement level this year, you can't recover from that. That's those are, those are the in-house homegrown guys that you've got so much invested in that you've built up and like, and you know, they, they've been in the organization for so long to have them fall, both fall flat at the same time. No coming back. And it's not to say that I blame them with a capital B point fingers at them, but they are, they, they are as much a reason why the team is as is where it is today as any other two individuals anywhere in that building. Yeah, I mean, I think Donaldson and Osuna and Estrada probably all have, <laughs> have their share in that sort of same situation, Atulowitzki. But no, I think you're, a, you're a, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I have been talking about this week. It, it, it's I, like we all, when they, when they instituted the second wild card, it was very clear. It's like this is not what you want to be playing for, and it's it, and it was, there were arguments that it's going to, you know, as much as as it's going to open up races, it's going to also, you know, make it that much more important to win your division and make it that much less, you know, uh, a, that much less of an incentive to go for the second wild card. The Jays kind of did go for the second wild card a bit this year, uh, but the thing is, they they won. As I wrote in my Donaldson piece this this week, it, that really like that does have more value than I think people give it. They're like, oh, they, you know, they were in the mix for the second wild card. Like, kind of rolled their eyes at it. It's like, rem- like remember how close Baltimore almost got to getting, you know, getting into the playoffs after that, you know, in twenty sixteen with that second wild card game. Like, they almost won a a wild card game on the road. Like, had had they done that, 
that would have, you know, there we you would never have wanted to take that season away or do anything different if you're an Orioles fan. Maybe you do now. Maybe you, well, you probably want to fucking put Zach Britton in the game instead of Ubaldo. But, uh, but like, I don't know. The second wild card has value. The fact that the Jays, you know, nobody likes to think about it because they look at what the fuck they're seeing on the field right now, and it does look like garbage. But they were they were in the we were worried about the fucking Angels of all fucking teams. Not to turn this into the fucking showcast yet, but like they that they at the start of the year the objective projection systems, which incidentally, as you know, I'm sure every team has this, but we would always say you know oh they're a little they're probably light on Estrada, they're light on guys who are you know who are these FIP geniuses, FIP busting geniuses, which it turns out Estrada maybe is not anymore. Uh, but like the Jays were, were, were like, looked like an above 500 team. Most of, you know, most of the, the, the biggest part of the range of possible outcomes for the Jays was above 500 and was pushing towards the territory of the second wild card, or at least what you would expect. So it, it's, I don't know what my original goddamn point was because, because I just started ranting about the second, but, but it's, I don't know. It, 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 it's it's fine. Relax. That's all I got. I, don't <laughs> I think you're saying is that there's plenty of lost much performance lost wise. Of thought there, yeah. Performance wise, there's plenty of of um, blame yeah. to go around. It's not like well, I have. It's not like they so went I've, in chasing ghosts like that. This like it like it was. I think they were realistic about what it was, but they didn't go in like chasing this fucking, you know, just fucking with everybody i mean like yeah we could contend it's like no they, they legitimately could have contended for the second wild card which is a more valuable thing i think that was my original train of thought hopefully i think i think that the the massive massive so while bullpenning and, and building a big bullpen and having a strong uh you know bullpen that's not just from the closer but moving all the way through um you can't like the starting pitching was so bad from from two and then three and even four spots in the rotation mm-hmm. that it just it killed the bullpen. Yep. Early on in the year, it just killed them. And then they've been playing catch up ever since. They did also and, have an, another issue with a key person in the bullpen, which is which is another you know stupid and you know another mitigating factor in the failure that has been. The 2018 Blue Jays, mm-hmm. and again, I don't mean to, I don't personally blame them. I have my own feelings about about the the long term future, or not even long term. Now it's getting to be short term. Like I don't know what kind of pitcher Aaron Sanchez is ever going to be. He pitched well uh, this week, but um, but I, I again, I, when I say blame, I'm almost kind of trying to turn this on its head. I'm not going to be like it's their fault, uh, even though it is. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. But people like to people love not just like they 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 need to point fingers there's like it's like a human nature thing it's like a you know you just it's very unsatisfying to be like why did this why did this go so wrong and just shrug your shoulders it's like people want to understand why bad things happen and want to un- well it went wrong for a reason yeah and it's just not as it's never so simple as to just tie it up in a perfect little bow and say it went wrong because the or we always knew it was going to go wrong. That's the other thing too is that no one ever wants to admit that they were wrong. They want to point out the wrongness and others. They didn't want to admit that they were wrong. But 
Um, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. All the things we said all for the begin, the first month of the season when the Blue Jays were, were, were good. Um, they were going to be right there. Um, much of what we've discussed before the season started in the early days has come to fruition. Uh, there is only really one wild card spot to play for um, in the American oh, The League. Yankees suck now, and, though, but other than that, yeah. Well, but they're, they're still going <laughs> to... They're still fine, yeah. Straggle and keel over backwards into that first spot. And uh, Oakland has been a real surprise. And then, uh, uh, God bless the Rays. I, I really think we need to take a, a moment here mm-hmm. and uh, acknowledge uh, the Rays are really doing something special this season, which is to say they're going to finish 20 games out of the division uh, and be a complete afterthought, but they won more games than they expected to. And I think that they need to hang a fucking banner for that. Because if I see any more Rays fans taking victory laps because the team's going to win 85 games when they should have won 75 <laughs> because they're in their 99th percentile uh, uh, in terms of like batting average and balls in play and uh, and they've had an amazing season from Blake Snell. Uh, it's just the, the, the team is still shit. They're st- like, that's great. What is, what is, are they going to build on this from this year to next year? Or are they going to, well, they got to trade Kiermaier now. And they got to see what, you know, maybe Malik Smith will have another 450 Babbitt next year. <laughs> Fuck. It's so, and then they're, they just come out of the woodwork you don't, when you're like, hmm? You don't understand. I mean, they're just, they are the smartest front office in the game. And, and all the all the fans, they, they are, they're, they're right behind the impressive creativity of, the cutting edge Rays front office. They they they're doing it. They're doing it on such a shoestring budget. It's uh, it's incredible stuff. This opener thing. Have you have you seen? Have you seen the ERA of American League teams from the day that the Rays started using their openers until now? The Rays are fucking killing it. That's what we do. They have the lowest ERA in the first inning. Uh, <laughs> right? What's the, that? Ryan Stanek. Like he's real good. He's a really good pitcher. There's no disputing that. But. The, I you know the people they so it was it was it was Rosenthal wrote about it and and said um, you know he kind of waved it away being saying the Rays had uh, lots of injuries and that's the reason that they had to go with this with the starter thing and it's like no like the Blue Jays had injuries and they went for the with the start with the opener thing and they but they did it three times yeah the Rays have, Stanek has made like thirty starts almost or twenty six starts meanwhile. There's the you know what's his name Yarborough or whoever he's pitched pitching five six innings in relief, you know every fifth day, but he's not starting because fucking up my fantasy oh, team. First we use we have fucking starts <laughs> as a category, fucking that up Rays. Do you know who else has starts as a category? <laughs> the guy who does arbitration agreement settlements. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. That does. guy does. Because when you show up with no with two games started and 140 innings pitched. He's going to go tell you to shit in your hat. Yeah. The Rays, the Rays are responding to injuries the same way that the Blue Jays want Vlad to fucking develop his defense. And base running. Yeah. Uh, from the sounds of it, his base running sounds just great to me, by the way. <laughs> We're familiar with your 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 preferred type of base running. Uh, hey, man, it's an entertainment product. Uh, Run like the wind until they make you stop. <laughs> Well, I think we'll need to save it for a future super bad, but I I think that there, or maybe I should write about this because you know because you wrote more shit than I did this week. Um, I think there's a there's a there's a case that the 
2019 Blue Jays should use openers. Because their pitching is going to be shit. Well, the, they don't have anybody good to open with, though. Other than, <laughs> well, uh, other than is it technically Aaron Sanchez? Is it a, it, yeah, Sanchez, Ken Giles. Is it a? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I want to apologize for the coughing. Uh, this week I am a little bit under the weather, so I apologize. I'm trying to mute the mic when I can, um, but I'm not very smart, and it, it's not. It's the finicky little button on the on the thing here. Also, a couple weeks ago, uh, last week we did two episodes, and the one episode on Monday. Somebody asked if we were running, someone was running a sewing machine <laughs> in the background, and it was the rain. Oh, it was yeah, the rain yeah. there in uh, in the Kawartha Lakes. Kawartha Lakes? Is that what you call it? Peterborough? It's just Peterborough, yeah. Oh, just Peterborough. Well, yeah. It's Pooperborough here, yeah. Pooperborough. So can you tell me about the poop? Can I, can I tell you about the poop? So, mm-hmm. so uh, a very dear friend of mine, uh, believe it or not, I've, <laughs> I've, I've moved back to Peterborough within the last couple of years uh because you know uh as a uh, uh as an adult human being who had been living in toronto for like 15 years i was like okay i'm i needed to find a new place and was like two rules no roommates no basements and i was like hey maybe i should look at peterborough <laughs> because i grew up here and i know people here and, and this is this is where i've ended up and it, it's it's lovely i have a i have a, a like an apartment you like I couldn't have dreamed of uh in Toronto for uh for a wonderful price. Uh and when I came back, I very immediately as a as a, a, a smart person that I am, uh endeared myself to a lot of bartenders. <laughs> so I know a lot of bartenders. And 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 so my dear friend was at a uh, uh at at the bar that she was working at the other night. She was closing up and she sees this guy that is, you know, one of the uh, riffraff that sometimes walks around the street, apparently came into the bar. I don't know who this guy was, but but a lot of people recognize him very, uh, very quickly. Uh, and it was like he was peering in and was like, you know, try, like, like tried the door and whatever. Uh, and then like a few minutes later, apparently he went around to the back door and... Uh, and was trying that, and it was, she thought that he was like going to break in, like he like he was the, like he put something in the lock, and like shit was moving, and like the door might come, and she was like getting into like fucking fighting stance. Uh, fortunately, the door held, and uh, <laughs> and nothing nothing happened, uh, and she you know, continued to finish her tasks at the end of the night, you know, clean up the bar, wipe things down, whatever. And then as she's leaving, she checked out the la- the back door, and there there was um, spaghetti, not not cooked. Before you ask, not cooked. So mm. he, had, he had somebody this this person had put spaghetti into the lock to try to mm. like to try to like pick it maybe, or to try to just fuck it up to jam it up. And uh, and then I don't know if it was at the front or the back. I think she, I think that was weird. And then she went to the front, and it was just like oh. Wait, there's shit smeared everywhere here. Like just like a ton of shit just smeared all over this fucking door. And was like, I, you know, that guy fucking smeared a bunch of shit. And I I I believe I may not have the story 100% down. So this is this is all unverified. <laughs> but but I believe I believe she like went like went to the police station and was like, "Hey, I there's this guy. I know who he is. He comes to this bar." 
he just tried to break in and also smeared a bunch of shit on the door. And then like the next day, it turned out he there was just like a rain of terror. I don't know. Like he must have been collecting his shit for like the longest time, like because he just put shit on like the door of every bar down like down Hunter Street here in Peterborough. And and like. You know, everybody was was like up in art. Like, what the fuck? Like, we like people. Like, they all have, all these people, all these these lovely friends of mine. Because, as I say, I'm like a smart person, I endear myself to the bartenders. Uh, had to clean up this fucker's shit. Who he just had, he just smeared it all over the door. And then it turns out that somebody. Well, they caught him brown handed, as I said in my tweet about it. Uh, oh god. <laughs> I mean, the shit puns have been just like fast and fucking furious. It's you know, what's the? <laughs> it, it, it's been it's been unbelievable shit puns here. It's just it's it's been as much as I feel for for my for for my friends who've had to you know touch this weird guy's fucking bizarre like shit episode. I don't I, you know you know he's unwell and I don't you know it's, I don't know that that's funny, but it's also been a wonderful source of shit puns just <laughs> just constant constant shit puns um and yeah i don't know but there, like literally there was like like peterborough is not a big place but uh but we do have yeah. a lot of bars and so there were a lot of doors that got fucking shit all over it's like he couldn't have been like it couldn't have been fresh it must he must have kept it I, we don't we don't know we don't really know yet uh, but again, he's uh, he has been uh, he's been placed in custody. I think I don't know how long you're allowed to hold a suspect for shitting on places. I think the breaking and entering may have been uh, may have been more serious. But, but that's yeah, the one that'll stick. We had it. Well, I, some of them were sticky. Some of them were a little more. Oh dear God! Yeah. Uh, see, speaking see, of spreading see. shit around, <laughs> uh, September call-up season. Uh, as we mentioned off the top, there are a lot of people on the Blue Jays now. I'm just trying to transition that. Okay. I, we got, there, there, there's no clean way to come out of that. Uh, we're all coded in that shit did, yeah, now. Yeah, there you go. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Uh, we, 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 we're, we're running long here, so I don't know how much uh, depth we can go into it. Um, it'll be interesting to see who gets a chance to play and who doesn't. I mean, I'm sure that uh, John Gibbons, in his final days as the Blue Jays manager, according to John Heyman, who was... Uh, Thoroughly shit on by Josh Donaldson's agent, by the way. <laughs> we haven't even uh, talked about that. We've been ranting. Yeah, we have. I don't know. Ranting about idiots. Well, that's the we. That's a different kind of castle in, uh, intrigue that I'm not as interested in. But, well, it, uh, it, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who gets to play. I think, and and uh, how much stuff is equally spread around, and then versus how much is just like, you know, stuck inside the back. door. And, yeah, like just right <laughs> up in the lock. <laughs> <laughs> like i guess i mean who is making those calls i guess it becomes like who does the front office want to see versus who does john gibbons want to see um uh, if his if his future is already decided which it, i don't think that i think that it's fair to say that it is um what what is it they're looking for i guess and is it you know jonathan davis who offers a different skill set to maybe the people who are um, in that role in particular, I mean, Kevin Pillar's everyday center fielder when he's healthy. So is he going to be out there every day until he's not? Um, you know, seeing a led led me. I, I thought I think I saw the Dow Steve say to say on Twitter as well that um, uh, Ledmus Diaz looks like 
a really good third baseman defensively. It, it, he definitely looks better at third than he does at short. And I, I think I, I think I liked one of the tweets in response that was like, "Well, yeah, everybody looks better at third than at short." But, but he, but, but also still not wrong. Yeah, I think he, he has looked good there. Uh, unfortunately for Mr. Diaz, I feel the Blue Jays have some plans for third base, but. Yeah, but once by the time August comes around, they'll need someone to go back <laughs> over to play third. Yeah. No, no, this is all an investment in the future. This time in Arizona, the Arizona Fall League, um, you know, those are going to pay big dividends on that extra year, that free bonus year that comes out of fucking space when you uh, <laughs> when you literally hold him underwater until his face turns blue, his eyes bulge out of his head, and be like, oh, there you go, you can breathe now. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, We'll, we'll go into that next week. I think sure. as, as the we? month progresses, we? we could see. Hmm? Oh, we'll, we'll go into the playing time stuff. I mean, the the, 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 the Heyman stuff. stuff. We could we could we could do a second on the Heyman stuff. Feel free, go off, okay. King. <laughs> uh, look, the thing the thing is, both both sides have incentive to lie. And we kind of, we, we, you know, this has kind of been the same thing we've been talking about the whole fucking time, but I don't know if we talked about it specifically. But the idea, like, I mean, Atkins, and I tweeted about, you know, I, I transcribed what he'd said on TSN. He said in uh, the conference call after the Donaldson trade, talked about, you know, what, what they had, what had happened in the spring in terms of, like, I think he, I think he called them interactions with Donaldson and with Lozano and with the, you know, both and the whole, their camp and the Blue Jays and, and was kind of like, you know, there's only one way that, you know, whether you're, you're in the same ballpark or not. So, you know, like kind of like going to the precipice of being like, well, that's, that's, you know, that's not true. Uh, and pulling back, uh, which is sort of a you know sort of a non-denial denial of of what Lozano was saying, which was that uh, you know the Jays never offered specific dollars, specific years, and that's been a thing that we've heard a lot. And it, it, it's it's interesting in that uh, who the fuck knows what you know who who is right here because they both have incentive to lie. You know, if the Blue Jays didn't do right by Donaldson, they of course they're not going to say that. But also Lozano, Donaldson's agent has a lot of reason to be, to be like, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't advise my client to turn down all this money that he will obviously never see again. Right. So, mm. um, which is, I mean, it, <laughs> perhaps if you heard my tone of voice, you could tell which, uh, which side I feel is more likely to be telling the truth, but I feel that there's also a lot of Blue Jays fans, uh, who will, who will believe Lozano and believe that. And, and he may well be, accurate on that too but uh uh but that's that that that's a thing and that also goes back i think to the the like chumming the water and then being like what What? please explain this shark problem you guys have it's like yeah (laughs) um john Heyman is famous for being well connected with the scott boris i think was polite way to put it yeah Made his bones, <laughs> which which, um, which Lozano kind of, you know, uh, nodded at in his statement, right? Well, true. he mentioned Heyman's agenda, his other agenda, which I suppose could be just getting clicks and being salacious, and you know, 
but I got him on the radio. <laughs> but I assumed that it meant that the the, the Boris Corp agenda. It got him on the radio. He was on with uh, with Ben Ennis and uh, JD Bunkus this afternoon, which I don't prime, recognize. Prime slot. <laughs> those guys, I like the, I like those guys, but prime slot. Uh, I'm sure that uh, I don't know that he was a regular guest. So you know, you write you make the you write those stories, you get the, that out there, and then uh, off you go. You're you're doing the doing the circuit. Was he, um, was he on yeah, the I don't know. is he on the yeah. score app still? Is the uh, is Heyman still on the score app? No, God, did not play score. I don't know. I think there's been like four different owners in the last of that other of that app that he works for. Yeah, it's now fan credit. It used to be something else. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like people just leeching off Heyman. Well, they just hired him to like write rumor columns and then, and then which are good, which are good. I mean, I think you know, uh, you know, for uh, the for the, all the Borisy criticism or whatever criticism, I, you know, uh, <laughs> Heyman is entertaining. To say the least. He is a damn fine Twitter <laughs> maker. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy his writing per se, but it's not. He is a he is an emotional. Or he is an informational <laughs> conduit. You don't care for and, bullet points. Uh, what, you no, not a bullet point guy. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Fair. I like when he breaks something. Uh, whenever he was, I think it was CBS he was at, and he yeah, broke he something, and it was obvious that like, I, it, it may have been him directly into the CMS. <laughs> Unbelievable! One of the worst stories you'll ever see. But yeah, he had it first. It was glorious. Uh, that's what it. I don't know. The, 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 one thing I've learned in all the years that we've been doing this is is the the definition of what is a contract offer is so it's such a little black box that we'll never know because nobody ever wants to admit that there was a contract offer extended. There's they you know they have a dialogue and it's 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 so much kind of double speak that uh, I can't even pretend to know or care when when a contract was or wasn't um, contract offer wasn't made but I don't know no I I think you're absolutely right it, it's uh, you know I, I, somebody I saw on Twitter today talking about it was just like well so obviously they went they talked about this they went and they said this they didn't say numbers and it, like somebody had a very fully formed in their head idea. Of how these negotiations obviously go, and I'm just like, geez, is that is that is that how that works? Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't, you know, they they they're clearly, I mean, they tap dance around it in when they talk about it in the media, and maybe they tap dance around it with them with each other, or I, like you say, black box is a great way to put it because anybody who's like, well, clearly, they they sit down at a giant boardroom table and exchange numbers, like you know. Nobody fucking really knows how it works. I don't. I mean, somebody, somebody clearly does, but nobody who's willing to fucking get out there and explain it. All right, that's it. We've gone on for way too long. We've gone on for way too long considering the fact that it's September and the team is like 15 games below 500 and a thousand games out of the division. I mean, um, I mean <laughs> shit, there's interesting stuff to talk about. Do you think we're going to find anything like that over the next six months? It will be, we'll be yeah, lucky. Yeah, that's true. Except for all the trades, uh, except for the Kevin Pilar non-tender, except for all the other... You're on the matches. Pilar non-tender now. Nah, not really. I, I was kind of a joke. I mean, he. I, I think I would think they would trade him. I would think he'd have enough value to trade him, but I mean, he's bad. The non-tender power rankings is something we're going to have to formulate. <laughs> the dead heat. It's not bad. Dead heat between uh, he and the other one. Uh, Mailey into arbitration now? No, I don't think so. 
If so, he's non-tender go, candidate. He's He'll shoot right to the top. What? <laughs> he's going to Buffalo anyway, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's it. Apologies for going long. Apologies for coughing. Uh, no rain this week. Uh, so um, that's it. As always, Birds All Day is uh, powered by uh, by our listeners. If you want to join the campaign to keep us moving, head over to patreon.com slash birdsallday and uh, kick us a couple bucks a month. And I know that I appreciate it. And as you're Stoughton would as well. Um, we've been at this 182 episodes, just, just in time for a new um, uh, Alkaline Trio album. Episode 182 comes out, and then uh, Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio now plays in Blink-182. New Alkaline Trio record is great. Blink-182, whatever. Um, the the What's that thing you go to in Quebec every year? You've probably seen all those bands. I don't know if I've ever seen Alkaline Trio, but uh, yeah, I've, I've seen Blink-182. And uh, Rockfest in Quebec as well. Rockfest. Rockfest in Quebec, of course. Fid- Fiddler. Uh, Fiddler uh, next week at the Phoenix. Say hi. Delight, You're going delightful to go Fiddler, yeah? yeah? delightful bit. I think, I think Lewis is going to that show. I, I think there's two is. shows that night. Is. is that September 11th? I guess the 12th. Oh, yeah. oh okay. So the 11th is uh, Car Seat Headrest, which um, all there'll be a lot of drugged up teens at that one. That'll be awesome. Uh, I'm going to see Iron Sheik at the end of the month. That'll be fun. If you ever want to see a grown ass man emote, loudly scream singing on the top at the horseshoe. Well, doesn't his don't his handlers do that for him? Isn't you know isn't his whole Twitter a farce? Sheik C H I C. Yeah, I know. Clever, clever name for yeah. the band. Yeah. Uh, so Patreon.com slash birds all day, as I said. SoundCloud.com slash birds all day to get uh, if you want to grab the RSS directly from there. Take it. You can throw it into your uh, podcast app of choice or you could just do it the old-fashioned way through apple and uh as the apple podcast app isn't so bad right now i started using it again i actually who I, knew i use it yeah uh, yeah i, must I listen to so a scant few podcasts which just say i listen to none but uh when i do that's the win that's where my kind of go to right now yeah, by the by the by the book drew by the book yeah whatever <laughs> uh <laughs> Anything else? Facebook.com slash birds all day. Uh, the podcast eventually gets up there. Is this it, one will be up, will be timely. Is Facebook still a thing? Uh, apparently not. Apparently less. People are using it less and less these days. It's um, all that bad press. It is amazing. Amazing to not be on Facebook anymore. I am technically still on it. I still use Messenger. That I find useful sometimes. Mm. But like, it turns out. Uh, I don't miss anything. People are like, oh, you're you're not on Facebook? Oh, why don't I just text you and tell you about this thing that's happening? Because the only thing I ever, you know, used Facebook for was the events. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't need to see people's, I don't need to see Civic Groff. Uh, no, you don't. Know, Facebook Groff, listen. <laughs> no, uh, it's where great. else it's am great. I going to City your, Lab stories? And <laughs> get, yourself, get yourself off Facebook. It's, it says, says the person who literally spends like fucking... 14 hours a day on Twitter. It's, <laughs> it's astounding. You know what I found is that uh, doing both is a, uh, it's in, it's my job at this point. So I have to, uh, that's, that's my excuse. And I would love to, well, mostly I want, given the Shohei Otani news this week, I really just want um, uh, the earth to explode. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But sp- short of that, uh, it would be great if like Jack, did something rash and just like turned the switches off at Twitter. 
Um, although I love to tweet and I love to, I love that sweet, sweet engagement. So hit me with that engagement at, at Drew Groff. Hit him at Andrew Stoughton. Um, if you are a Twitter user, you can read Andrew Stoughton at The Athletic. Um, gearing up another big hiring spree announced this week. I'm sure there's another one to come um, next week as well. And uh, and you can read me at Vice Sports a bunch of times uh, this week and more than usual. But uh, you can do that. And uh, that's about it. Anything else? You got anything else to add? No, I don't. No, neither do I. We uh, we'll be back. We'll be back again next week for more birds all day. <laughs> <laughs>